you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And with me, uh, my dear friend, Kevin, he's out there in Milwaukee. And Kevin, good morning. How's Friday looking to you, brother? Oh, Friday's looking great. I'm excited to be in a great uh, spot here in Milwaukee. And it's a beautiful, sunny, blue sky. Yeah, I was just thinking about that TV show, uh, Laverne and Shirley. Remember Laverne? <laughs> that shows you how old I am. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we do. But happy I remember, days. Yeah, happy days. I liked happy days. Laverne and Shirley never really caught on with me. And uh, I, Laverne and Shirley, but the characters who played Laverne and Shirley are no longer with us. And um, isn't that, that's just unbelievable. All right, so we have a Bible question. Today we're going to be talking about clear sight. But before we do that, we're going to give Kevin a... And so I, I, I ran out of questions and categories. So the category I typed in now in Google are high school Bible questions. And uh, I, I think this is going to work out all right. But uh, let's see. Question here. What did Jacob give Joseph that sparked jealousy from his siblings? It would have to be the coat of many colors. The coat of many colors is the right answer. And uh, so they may not be fourth grade riddles, but he nailed that. So he's 80% for the week, folks. And that speaks volumes right there, man. You get 80%. I would have been perfectly happy with that in college. I would have been like, man, this, this is a good thing. You give me 80% across. I ended up getting straight A's in, in seminary and stuff. But uh, my first time around in college, it wasn't good. So we're talking about uh, clear sight. So those of us who suffer from PTSD, those of us who go through strange things and people attacking us and life's being upside down, sometimes we're not seeing clearly now. Uh, we're not seeing the way we should see things and we're not seeing the way God can help us to see things. And I, I'm reminded that uh, open thou mine eyes. Remember that verse, Psalm 119, 18, that I may mm-hmm. behold the wondrous things out of thy law. So some of the things we don't see clearly are God and what God does for us because the world wants to frame God, his doctrine, his beliefs as if they're bad, as if they're hurtful, and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And, and if we're not careful, we fall into that crowd. And uh, uh, just where we just came from, he answered and said over here in 925, whether he be a sinner or no, I, I know not. One thing I know that, whereas I was blind, now I see, over in Acts 26, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and the power of Satan unto God, so to turn from evil unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified. The eyes of your understanding over there in Ephesians 1.18, being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of inheritance in the saints. So when we talk about people with PTSD being foggy, not seeing things clearly, is so much of this natural world is being thrown into us. So much of this world is kind of like we talked about truth or lies yesterday and, and confusion on Wednesday. There's so much that, you know, the devil wants us to live in this convoluted mess. 
He wants everything to be complex for us. He wants even the smallest things to cause confusion. And we deal deal with that by seeing the way God chooses for us to see. We mm-hmm. deal with that by opening, asking God to open our eyes so we can behold the wondrous things we do. And friends, if we do that, we can clear up the fogginess. We can have that clear sight. We can see things in the proper way. And, and one thing, Kevin, that, you know, I always end up here when you talk about clear sight and confusion and truth to lies. One of the things that happens in my life, especially when I'm suffering from the characteristics of PTSD, and, 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 and that's really, I get angry over something that's not true. Instead of clearly looking at a matter and seeing at, the, at you know, asking the Lord to open my eyes and look at things, I'll catch a little piece of something and I want to fly off the handle. But can I tell you something, folks? God will give us that sight where we don't do that anymore, where we understand everything fully. What are you thinking, Kevin? Yeah, just like you said, when God shows us a different angle on something, all of a sudden, you know, the clouds dispel. You know, my daughter's a pilot. One of my sons is a pilot. You get above those clouds, all of a sudden, it's a different world. You know, if you live out in the Northwest where it's cloudy most of the days boy it just has to feel good to climb in an airplane i'm not a pilot but you get above those clouds and all of a sudden it's like hey it's it's blue sky up here so that's what we're talking about trauma does make us be triggered by things that should not trigger us but they do and i think that sometimes even the things that are good and godly can become triggers um uh, I, I, you know, sometimes if you've been hurt deeply, just being around a crowd of people. Now, crowd of people are necessary. I mean, we, people are necessary in our lives for for spiritual and social health. Obviously, you know, someone to talk to, iron sharpeneth iron. But if you've been through something, I remember going through a very deep trauma, and that deep trauma. The next time I went into church, I just I, I went to a. I was visiting a church and, and I went to, you know, just a very deep situation. And I went to the balcony and I just sat back, you know, kind of in the dark, just, just trying to, so because it was triggersome. I wanted to go be faithful, but it was, it was triggersome. And so, you know, by the way, don't quit doing the healthy things in your life because there is a trigger associated rather back away from that area of pain but keep it in your life. Kind of like if you break your leg, don't keep it immobilized for 20 years. You'll lose complete use of your leg. Use it or lose it, but approach the threshold of pain. Don't push through an injury, an actual injury, because it's got to heal. The Bible teaches that in the book of Hebrews. But um, what you read in Ephesians is a perfect example. When God gives us clear sight, Doug, it gives us it takes away the trigger that's associated with something good. And I see that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, Paul prayed that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, the riches, the glory of the inheritance, the exceeding greatness of his power. I, that jumped off the page of me one day that the, the, the thing that Paul was saying, God show them was not that they have a calling or a responsibility, but the hope that comes with it. You know, sometimes, you know, pastors are oftentimes traumatized to the point that their calling becomes the enemy the, to the wife. The calling becomes the enemy. It's not the fault of the calling. It's that we've lost the hope of our calling. And the trigger comes from, oh, no, 
We're talking about a calling. Don't talk about uh, your call of God. Wait a minute. That's understandable. Let's back away from the use of that a little bit. But let's get the hope back. And see, Paul is saying, show these people in Ephesus the hope of their calling. Show them the exceeding greatness of his power. Because oftentimes it becomes a meaningless thing. Yeah, the power of God. We got the power of God. Well, if you don't experience it, suddenly it means nothing to you. And you begin to deny the power thereof. So we need to uh, say, God, please, I need another vision of the exceeding greatness of this power that's according to the riches. I mean, according to the working of Christ, when he, God, when he raised his son from the dead. I just, I just want to say I'm grateful when God got me through that trauma by, again, showing me the triggers were not the fault of the good thing, but they were what was what was associated with the good thing. And I had to back off a little bit until God showed me again, the hope about those things. Yeah. And God just clearly showing us how to get through life folks. Never underestimate the power of God to lend clarity to us. That's just unbelievable. Just, you can't be that natural dude. You can't be hanging out in the world and expecting the things of heaven. And here we are, Jesus heard, and we're in chapter nine of the book of John and verse number 35, it said, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he found him, he said unto him, does thou believe on the son of God? He answered and said, who is he Lord that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, thou hast both seen him and is it is he that talketh with thee and he said lord i believe and he worshiped him and jesus uh, said for judgment i have come into this world that they which see not might see and that they which see might be blind might be made blind so see things wrong and some of the pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him are we blind also Jesus saith unto them, if ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now ye say, we see, therefore, your sin remaineth. So much to grab a hold of there, folks. So much going on. Jesus shows up, and right away he's dealing with the man formerly known as the blind man. And and uh, he asked him if he believed in him. Do you believe in me? Do you believe in me, the Lord? And blind man's like, you better believe I do. I see you. And now, folks, he's been cast out. But obviously, there's other Pharisees in the area. There's a bunch of people talking that show up just as Kevin took the highlighter to the protagonist, the antagonist, the knuckleheads, the good guys. The, I mean. And it's there. Hang with us for a second. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. And this weird thing takes place in these verses, and all of a sudden the Pharisees are saying, we see, does that mean we're blind? And they're asking these questions, and, and the Lord's trying to bring this spiritual vision to them. There's something that, that they can see. They're still sinners that they can see. It's a terrible thing when you're there with a bunch of people, and the blind guy can see things of the Lord better than you can. And, uh, and, and, and so these people are standing there, and they're asking the Lord questions. These Pharisees are saying, what about us? 
where are we at? What in the world is going on with us? And uh, I think it comes down to this whole idea of the physical and spiritual blindness. God, God presents something that is bigger than physical blindness, and that's spiritual blindness. And God's almost saying, you're better off to be blind, you know, but you need to be able to spiritually see who I am. You need to be able to spiritually see that I am God. And, uh, and, and, and the, these Pharisees, you know, they're questioning his authority over and over again through their skepticism, through the way they're doing things. I mean, these Pharisees, obviously, uh, at this point, this man has witnessed, given his testimony, and said, hey, this is what's happened in my life. And then these Pharisees witnessed this guy saying, you are Lord. And, and I'm going to start worshiping in you right now. And uh, there's a divine sovereignty that comes with God. And we're required, folks, to recognize that. We're required to say, God, we know you're God. We know you're strong. Spiritual blindness is a terrible thing at any level. And we, we either have God or we don't. You can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit saved. You're either all the way saved or you're not. You're either all the way pregnant or you're not. No matter what the news says, no matter what the politicians say, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You're either one way or you're not. And here's God saying, you either get this or you don't. And, and Kevin, the problem so many people have in life is, is they're lukewarm. You know, they're straddling that fence. When I was in the Army, they're straddling the spiritual sight fence. You know, uh, they're not really seeing clearly. They, they want to keep a little bit of the world there. And the Bible says, be not uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And, and these guys, well, I like being on this fence. You know, I don't have to sell all out. Folks, you are never going to experience the wonderfulness of God's blessing until you get off that fence and start trusting in your almighty Savior. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah. Well, that's so good. It's interesting that his clarity of sight returned. This this whole last section is, is you know, the Pharisees are are, are not in it too much. Um, it's uh, it is interesting that they came in with the last word. You know, there toward the end, my 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 purple highlighting, my dark highlighting is uh, in verse forty and forty one, where they you know some of the Pharisees said, "Are we blind also?" So understand, number one in your life, a narcissist, that person there is going to get the last word. It's okay. The Pharisees got the last word, but you know what? It's okay. You see now. So if someone else can't see and is speaking out of blindness and they're going to continuously deny that you do see or that you have the right to see, then again, you've gray rocked them. You've, you've left them um, have it their way, but you know what? You're going to have it God's way. And because of that, you've got joy, which is what this ministry is about. Right. Doug it is, yeah. you know, we're having the big conference, you know, conference in Bemidji, Minnesota here pretty soon. This yeah, we want to give Minnesota, we want to give the whole area, we want to give the world and the country our, uh, you know, the sight that they can say, there is something better in all the junk I've been through. There's a reason, there's an expected end. But I think it's interesting at the beginning of this that this this whole wonderful ending where the man gets saved started when he was kicked out of the synagogue, verse 34. So when the break was made, and, you know, he, he again, he gray rocked. He took a stand when they asked him to deny. He did it. And so he was he was finally, you know, martyred, so to speak. He was cast out. And at that point, Jesus showed up 
and said, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? I'm sure Jesus knew that he would be open at that point. It's interesting. Sometimes we have to be brought to the point of making a clean break with something, and then Jesus lets us make a, a real serious spiritual decision for him. It might be salvation. This man here had to get away from false religion in order to see Christ for who he was. Um, you know, there's often this, you know, come out from among them and be a separate. Don't say, I've got to stay in. You know, I feel like I've got, I see better than they do. And so I'm going to stay in and kind of be their eyes. If they're not asking for eyesight, if they're going to actually, in the end, deny the reality of God's word, the truth, the inerrancy, the sufficiency of God's word, there's no reason to stay in that church or that religion. You're going to have to make a break. The Bible didn't say stay in. The Bible said come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. And I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's what took place here when when he was uh, done with them, when they were done with him. Then came Jesus as the, you know, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord shall take me up. When he lost the, the, his, his, you know, the, the father, the priest and all that kind of stuff. In came Jesus and he became the wonderful new father. And that's, that, that begins a brand new life for him. And uh, that's, that's sometimes what we have to do is just uh, kind of let it all go, Doug, and let God have it. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's something else I'm catching here. I, I was just listening to you speak when you were talking about letting it all go and stuff. How many of us would have been blind our whole life would have been walking around talking about how miserable it was uh, while we were blind? You know, how many of us, we just don't overcome the obstacles of our life properly. God gets us through this blind guy's through. He's, he's running around talking about how great his God is. But sadly, so many of us with PTSD, so many of us on on different roads in this life want to live in the past. We want to talk about those obstacles, those things in our life that stunk, those people who messed us over. And there are many. Folks, listen to me. I I am not uh, downplaying anything you've ever been through. I'm just saying there's another lesson here among the guy formerly known as a blind man. And that other lesson, I, I... absolutely believe overcoming obstacles needs to be a lesson we have to walk away with that we have to walk away with the idea this guy's just ready to serve now he's bowing to god he's moving out and and uh listen none of us unless you have been blind until you became an adult none of us know exactly what this man's been through just like none of us know exactly what you folks have been through but i do know this when god gets us through that obstacle and we're on the other side and we're drinking that chai tea latte, vente, with an extra pump of chai and no water. And we're living good. We're drinking God's juice. Let me tell you, folks, don't ever forget where you came from. Kevin, take a minute and overcoming, overcoming how this guy yeah. overcame. Yeah. You know, when I was in college, it was a dark period of time. There was professors. The philosophy professor was saying that Christianity was, uh, you know, just a uh, mixture of um Oh, you know, philosophical things. And then the history professor was saying it was a mixture of Zoroastrianism, Judaism, and all these other things. The science professor was saying that it was evolution. You know, all I was in utter confusion. 
and and I was I was newly saved. I was in uh, I joined the Ecumenical Campus Ministry on Westchester University. It was called Westchester State College at the time. And while I was in this this ministry, it was just it was milk toast at best. There was a lot of phony stuff going on. It was just not true doctrine. And I remember I had to go and make a break, and I went to him and I said, "This is just not going to work." But um, when when I did that, and I got into a good Bible preaching church there in Westchester, got into uh, uh, one not real far from the campus. I just grew like a weed and it was like water to my soul and light to my eyes. And it was just like this man here that that saw clearly a path to follow. And it wasn't too long after that God called me to preach his word and into the ministry. And I, and I you know, went to Bible college and God began to unravel seconds, all the falsehoods. Yeah. God's good. God is good, folks. Remember that today as you go out and wear that smile that only God can give you. And remember this. If obstacles are a thing of your past, leave them there. Step out with God and be one of those guys. Be a person formerly known as what your sin was. May God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.